is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are still, when striving cease, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. flesh, fullness of God in helpless babe, this gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save, till on that cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied.
Hey, good morning, everybody. It's Randy over here at Made Free Church, Tactical Discipleship, and ServantForChrist.com. Uh, give me one second. Hey, uh, Alexa, resume. There we go. Get some music on here. Anyway, uh, I got Alexa. She's awesome. Um, anyway, um, so just to recap, man, uh, of what's going to be happening in the weeks to come, we're in the book of Romans, and uh, what I'm going to be doing is three times a week after this week. I'm just trying to get all uh, these uh, garbled up uh, for, because next week I'm going to be going on uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, and uh, uh, Saturdays, and, and possibly Friday mornings. Um, cause, uh, you know, when I prepare messages and stuff, man, you know, it's like I prepare to give, but I need to have that little bit of time with God and since everything that has happened and, and stuff, I just want to spend that time with God and my bros and, and also, you know, I'm going back to work on Monday. So I'm real excited about that. Um, an old company that I used to work for in 2015 and 14, they called me back in. And so I'm excited about that. So, uh, you know, it's, I'm going to be spending a lot of time in prayer and in the word and stuff like that. And, you know, um, and, uh, you know, one of the things that was asked of me last week, we had like a little meeting on Sunday. One thing was asked me is like, what is your gift? What is your gift? And, 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 and I was thinking about that and I was like, wow, man, you know, I, I love, I love discipling men. You know, I love, I, I love that. And, and that's one of the, the gifts that God's given me. And, and, but I love to preach. I love, I, I love to, I love to preach the word of God too. So, you know, there's a, there's a couple gifts, but, and I hope that I'm doing a good job. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, uh, keep me in prayer on that, you know, I mean, cause it's so important, you know, so we're going to continue, uh, our, our, our study in the book of Romans. And we're going to be in Romans uh, chapter 4, 1 through 25 today. And this is the fantastic blessings of faith in God. Uh, but guys, a couple of announcements before I get started. Guys, if you guys need prayer, please go to madefreechurch.org. We got a whole intercessory prayer team set up that prays over your stuff every week. And if you want one of the pastors or myself to call you to pray with you, we're able to do that as well. Just leave your phone number in the little box that's provided on the website and we will reach out to you. But we can only reach out to you if you live in the United States. So if you live in Canada, down in Mexico or across the pond in Uganda, Africa, England, Europe and stuff like that, uh, we're not going to be able to call you. But please put your... Uh, Put your prayer requests in the box, and that way we can pray over you. And also, guys, um, these are the translations that I use when I do a Bible study. Uh, the LSB, which is the Legacy Standard Bible, the ESV, the NSAB, the New King James, and the King James. Now, you're, at, you're probably asking, what's the LSB? The LSB is called the Legacy Standard Bible. It's uh, translated by the same translators that did um, that, that has translated the New American Standard Bible. Um, I use this this translation a lot because it's really, really, really closest to the Greek. And uh, they only have uh, Psalms, Proverbs, and the New Testament out right now. But this year, they're supposed to be bringing out the full Old Testament as well. So we're looking forward to doing that as well. 
Let's get into some prayer and let's get into this study. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for this time that we get to spend with you every morning. And we just ask God that you minister to those who are going to be watching and those who, who are watching. Get me out of the way and let your word go forth. We love you, we worship you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So guys, um, you know, um, God is good, man. You know what I mean? I love getting up every morning and spending my time with God and digging deep into the things of God. So let's get into this. Open up your word to Romans 4, 1 through 25, and it says this. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, has found? For if Abraham was justified by work, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what the scriptures say, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. For now, sorry, now, let me put on my glasses. Oh, crud. Anyway, now, to the, uh, to the one who works, his wage is not accounted to according to the grace, but according to what is due. But <clears throat> to the one who does not work, but believes upon him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Just as David speaks of the blessings uh, on the man to whom God counts righteousness apart from works, blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven and those and whose sins have been covered. Blessed is the man whose sins uh, the Lord will not take into account. Therefore, is this blessing on the circumcised or on the uncircumcised also? For we say faith is counted to Abraham as righteousness. How then was it counted while he was circumcised or uncircumcised? Not while uh, circumcised, but while uncircumcised. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of faith, which he had while uncircumcised, so that he might be the father of all who believe without being circumcised, that the righteousness be, be, might be counted to them. And, uh, and the father of the circumcision to those who... Uh, not only are uh, of the circumcision, but who also follow in the steps of faith of our father Abraham, which had, which had, uh, which he had while uncircumcised. For the promise to Abraham, or to his seed, that he would be the heir of the world, was not through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For the law brings about wrath, but where there is no law. There is also no trespasses. For this reason, it is by faith in order that it may be according to grace so that the promises will, get, will be guaranteed to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but those who are of the faith of Abraham, uh, of the faith of Abraham who is the father of us all. That is written, a father of many nations I have made you, in the presence of him who he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls into being which does not exist. In hope against the hope believed, so that he might become a father of many nations, according to which uh, he which had been spoken, you shall, so shall your seed be. 
And without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead since he was about to be a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving the glory to God. And being fully assured that what God has promised, he was, he was also able to do. Therefore, it is also counted to him as righteousness. Now, for the, for not for his sake only was it written that it was counted to him, but for, but for our sake also to whom it will be counted as those who believe upon, uh, upon him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He who was delivered over on account, on account of our transgression and was raised on account of our justification. It's pretty amazing words, you know what I mean? Um, and then we're gonna get, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about, you know, Hebrews 11, 1, 2. It says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So, these are the scriptures that we're going to be talking about today. I'm going to keep kind of keep you hostage today because this is going to be my last day for about four or five days, for four days. And, you know, I want to get the awesome blessings of faith in God, right? So, guys, if you guys uh, uh, are there and you guys want uh, to, you know, put in the chat, please give StreamYard access to uh, your, your Facebook that way I can see you or your YouTube or your Twitter or your Periscope so I can see your name so I can respond. Because it'll just say Facebook user. and, and But I'll respond, but I, I won't know who it is if you guys don't give access to them. So let's get let's get started with, with this Bible study. See, God's word clearly establishes that the truth that other than Jesus Christ, everyone on earth is guilty of sin. Everyone on earth deserve, uh, everyone deserves the righteous wrath of the Almighty God. In order to prove this, Paul compiled verses from several places of the Old Testament, like Psalms 14, Psalms 53, and Isaiah 59. And in Romans 3.10, Paul summed it up saying this, No, there is none righteous, no, not one. And then in Romans 3.19-20, Paul said, now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and, the, and all the world may be become guilty before God. Therefore, by deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law, this is the knowledge of sin. So on some level, all of us are guilty of sin. But thank God, but, 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 but before we end in chapter uh, before we ended in chapter three, God's word takes us from our guilt to His amazing grace, and and it all centers on the cross of of, of Christ. God's total forgiveness, righteousness, everlasting life are freely available to anyone who will believe in, have faith in our crucified, risen Savior, uh, Lord and Savior. You know what I mean? And so, you know, uh, here in Romans four. Paul continued to discuss the fantastic blessings of having faith in Jesus Christ. And this morning's scripture shows us how some of those greatest things that faith can do. And that's by, you know, and, and, and let's, let's, let's think about verses one through eight. 
one of the well, well one of the, the the hymns that I really 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 like is is faith of our fathers it says this faith of our fathers living still in spite of dungeon fire and sword oh how uh, oh how our hearts beat high with joy whenever we hear that glorious word faith of our fathers holy faith we will be true to thee till death that's the kind of biblical faith God wants us to have. But what, what is biblical faith? Right? I mean, that, that's what you're asking. You know, that's a question that must be asked. What is biblical faith? Well, in Hebrews 11.1 uh, defines faith for us by saying, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The original word substance has the idea of something strong under us. Something strong enough for us to stand on it faith is a firm foundation and faith in jesus christ is the only firm foundation for our lives faith is the substance of things hoped for now what are we hoping for this morning what are you hoping for this morning i hope you haven't given up your hopes and dreams because life would be terrible without hope there's probably one, that's probably one of the worst things in, in, in life and, and is, 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 is no hope. But there's another thing that's worse than that. And that is a life based on false hope. But when we have faith in Jesus Christ, we have, rock, we have a rock solid foundation of all of our hopes. We have something so solid to build our lives on. Something solid to build our future for all eternity. You see, real biblical faith is just not positive thinking or having a positive attitude. Faith is not the little engine that could trying to get up the hill. I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Biblical faith is the substance of things hoped for. This means right now our faith in Jesus Christ is like a rock solid foundation under our godly hopes and dreams. Our faith is in God is the only substance that gives us the spiritual assurance and the support we need in life. But faith is also evidence. It is the evidence of things not seen. In other words, biblical faith gives us the proof of spiritual things that we cannot see with our own eyes. And, and it shouldn't be, uh, it shouldn't surprise us that there are, uh, is an unseen spiritual world around us because there are also many physical things we can't see. We can't see the, our, our future. We can't see our past. Our eyes, are, uh, our eyes can only see a small portion of the total spectrum that includes light. There are, 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 are many unseen things around us, but Hebrews uh, 111 tells us it's the evidence of things not seen. Biblical faith is a revelation of an unseen world. James Merritt explained it like this. Faith sees what the physical eye can, eyes cannot see. Faith sees the invisible touch and tangible. Here's the inaudible and the and attempts the impossible. Our vision is 2020, but our eyes of faith can see the Father deeper clearer and better than our physical eyes can ever see faith is evidence of things not see that faith opens up a whole new dimension in life 
Faith opens up the most important things in life because the most important things cannot be seen with our physical eyes. And that's, 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 that's the reality, right? And this is true in, in the physical world. We can't see air, but we can't live without it. We can't see our hearts, our kidneys, our livers. And trust me, I don't want to see them. And I'm sure glad they're in there doing their important work behind the scenes to keep me alive. The more, most important things in life cannot be seen with our eyes. This is also true of love, joy, peace in our hearts. And, and this is especially true when it comes to the things of God. We cannot see God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, heaven and angels, and, and much more. We, we, we can't see any of these things right now with our physical eyes, but faith opens our spiritual eyes so we can see. This kind of faith, Bible-based faith in God, will always make the difference in our lives. And this morning's scripture shows us some of the greatest things faith can do. Faith gives us the goodness of God. Faith literally puts the goodness of God into our spiritual accounts. Think about that. We say that God is good, and he, he really, really is. In Psalms 107, eight, uh, verses 8 through 9, makes a place says this. Oh, man, oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. God is good, guys, no doubt. But how good is he? To get the idea, let's go back to one of the key verses in the last chapter. And it's Romans 3.23, which it says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And when we hear this verse, we usually focus on the fact that all have sinned. And really, we do. But how far do we fall short? The answer is, is we fall short of the glory of God. How far is that? Well, the Old Testament word picture for glory of God is something very, very heavy. God's glory is heavy indeed, but John Piper defines God's glory like this. The beauty and excellence of his boundless perfection. And we need to get a sense of that overwhelming power of God's glory. In Exodus 24, 17 through 16, Moses went up to Mount Sinai to meet the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights. And the word of God says in verse 16, now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a raging, consuming, devouring fire on top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. And then in, in Exodus 33, 18 through 23, uh, Moses made one of the brave, bravest requests that has ever been made to God. Moses said, please show me your glory. And God said, in the, God, pre, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, you can't see my face for no man shall see me and live. 
And the Lord said, here is a place by me that you shall stand on the rock. So shall it be while my glory passes by that I will put you on the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand while I pass. Then I will take away my my hand and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. That's just a little bit about God's glory. And, and, and the more that we know about God's glory, the more that we see how far that we really have fallen short. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You know, it, it astounds me when I begin to really, really think about this truth. The glory of God. That's the standard. The unlimited, undescribable, perfect glory of God. The glory that he must shield us from or we would melt like a snowflake in the hot desert. Could we ever measure up to the glory of God? Could a goldfish climb Mount Everest? Could, could a mosquito learn how to fly a jet plane? Can a germ graduate from uh, 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 Calvary Baptist University with perfect grades? No, of course not. It's never going to happen. It never could happen. And we could never measure up to the glory of God. So the big question is, how are we going to be righteous before God? And how are we going to measure up to God's infinite goodness? Because that is the standard of getting into heaven. And God's word says, shows us in verses 1 through 8, and it says this, but, when, but then we shall say that Abraham our father has found according, uh, has found according to the flesh, for it, if Abraham is justified by works... He has something which to boast, but not before God. For what does, it, does scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as a debt. But to him who does, uh, does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Just as David also described the blessed man, the blessed of the man who, uh, whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. No, so, so how are we going to be righteous before God? It's not by our own works. No, because we can never meet God's glorious standard of perfection. And, and, and even if we could be perfect every moment of every day from now on, we could never go back and undo the past. We could never be saved by keeping God's law. This, reason, this is one of the reasons why Paul went to a great and went into great detail to show that Abraham was not saved by keeping God's commanded to be circumcised for by keeping any other law. Please listen to verse uh, 9 through 16 and this this pretty much tells us why, right? It says, does this blessedness then come upon the circumcised only or upon the uncircumcised also? For we say that faith was accounted to Abraham for righteousness. How then was it counted while he was circumcised or uncircumcised? Not while circumcised, but while he was uncircumcised. And 
and he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of righteousness of faith, which he had while still uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all those who believe, through they are uncircumcised, that righteousness might be imputed to them also. And the, and, and the father of circumcision to those who not only are of the circumcision, but also walk in the steps of faith, which our father Abraham had while still uncircumcised. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For it is, for if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise of the promise made of no effect, because the law brings about wrath. For there is no law. For where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is faith that might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure. All of the seed, not only those who are, are of the law, but those who are of faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So, God imputed his righteousness to everybody, not just Abraham and those that are keeping the law, but to everybody, not to the Jew, but to the Gentile, or as the Bible calls it, to the Greek, which is Gentiles. Right? So, let's move on. Let's move forward. In Ephesians 2.8, the Bible, the Bible tells us that we can only be saved by God's grace through faith, and that is the summary of what Paul is. It, it, Paul said here in Romans four, verses three through five, and it says this: What does Scripture say? Uh, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him righteousness. For to whom who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as a debt. But to him who does not work, but believes. On him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted to him righteousness. See, Abraham believed God, but how in the world could could God justify the ungodly? Today, we know that there was only one way, and that was through the cross of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And Romans three twenty four to twenty six tells believers that we are being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ, whom God sent to be the appropriation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because of his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate the present time, at, at the present time, his righteousness, that he might be the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. See, Abraham believed in God, right? And, and, and we also have to believe on him who justifies the ungodly because all have, have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned, so all need a Savior and Jesus will be our, your Savior if you believe in him. But believing in Jesus Christ means much more than just believing with your mind. It's believing with your heart, believing with your life. It means trusting in the Lord enough to receive the risen Savior into your life. Believing in Jesus Christ also means having a real relationship with the Lord, seeking to follow 
his ways and allowing him to lead your life. And when we trust in the Lord like that, we see him do two things in scripture. God covers our sins. That's why in verse six and seven, Paul said, just as David also described the blessings of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from work, blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and those and whose sins are, are covered. See, guys, we know that our sins are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ when we place our faith in Jesus. He covers our sins, but that's not all. God also puts his righteousness into our account. This truth is so important that God mentions it 10 different times in this chapter. Our English words counted or accounted or imputed or reckoned all from the same Greek word. And that word means to count or calculate. For example, in verse 3, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And then in verse 5, but to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. And then in verse 6, just as David describes the blessedness of the man who to whom God imputes righteousness as a part of works. And then in verse 8, blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall impute, uh, not impute sin. So when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, God covers our sins. He puts his own righteousness into our account. So we don't ever have to worry about our salvation because faith gives us goodness of God. Faith also gives us the amazing answers to our prayers. Faith gives us amazing answers to our prayers. And here, God gives us an example of Abraham. And please focus on Abraham's faith as I read uh, verses 16 through, through 20. And see, 16 is talking about the promise of being heirs of God. And it says this, Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promises might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. It is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who believed. Even God who gives life to the dead calls things which do not exist as though they did. No, on the contrary, to, uh, to hope and hope believed. See, if the King James uh, says, version says, who against hope believed in hope. That means Abraham, uh, Abraham and Sarah were beyond human hope for having the promised baby. But they were never beyond heavenly hope. And Abraham believed this truth. And in 18 verse, uh, verses 18 through 21 tells us that Abraham, contrary to hope, in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. You, sh so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but it was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that he had the promise, he was also able to perform. Guys, 
there was no earthly way Abraham and Sarah could ever have a baby, but they did. By Abraham's faith, they had baby Isaac, right? Because God, for, because with God, all things are possible. And because God is always true to his word. And, and, and today we have this, it, it, we can have that same kind of faith that Abraham had because all things are possible with God because God will always be true to his word. And let's look at Abraham, let, let, let's look at Abraham to see how biblical faith works. Faith takes our focus off our situation and puts it on our Savior. In verse 19, Abraham did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Abraham did not consider his own situation. That doesn't mean he didn't pretend it wasn't so. But Abraham full well knew that their situation, but by faith, he kept his mind fixed on our Savior. See, faith takes our focus of our situation and puts it on our Savior, but faith also puts our focus on Scripture. So in verses 20 through 21, it says this, did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, being fully convinced that he had a had promised that he would also perform. See, like Abraham, we must keep our focus on scriptures. We must keep our focus on the promises of God. And this makes sense because in Romans 10, 17 tells us that faith comes by hearing and the hearing of the word of God. And it also keeps the right focus. You know, we will have the same kind of faith as Abraham did. We will see the amazing answer to our prayers because all things are possible with God and he is true to his word. One of the most well-known preachers in the 20th century was Peter Marshall. Years ago, he made a, uh, they made a movie about his life and something very special happened while they were filming that movie. And it was a scene where the actor was playing Peter Marshall was preaching a sermon on faith. When the scene was over, the cameras kept rolling and many actors in the pretend church got up to congratulate the actor for a great performance. Well, one of the cast members was a lady named Majori Rampew. And Majori walked down the aisle and you could see that she was very emotional. Why? Because Majori was walking even though she is not, was not able to walk. Majori had been injured. Majori was, was injured, injured in a car wreck and, and over the past year she had not been able to take a single step. But as she listened to the words of faith, God worked a miracle in her body, in her body and Majori got up out of the wheelchair and she kept walking. Now, a, a doubter, you know, would, would say, well, majority just got caught up in the emotions uh, of the moment. But faith opens the spiritual eyes to the hand of God at work, even through an actor preaching God's word. Faith gives us an amazing answer to prayers and faith gives us a home in heaven. In verse 17, it reminds us that we have an eternal home in heaven because God tells us quick uh, that, that God tells us quickens the dead. In other words, God gives life to the dead. And down in verses 23 through 25, it says this. Now it is written for his sake alone that it might 
that it was imputed to him. In other words, it was written on Abraham for Abraham's sake um, that God's righteousness was imputed to him. But for for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, he who had, was delivered for our offenses was raised again for our justification. See, after Jesus died on the cross for our sins, he was raised again for our justification. How could heaven be a happy place if Jesus wasn't there? How could we be forgiven if our sins kept Jesus in the grave? But see, Jesus was raised and rose again because he never deserved to die in the first place. He was raised again for our justification. Therefore, guys, we will never we will live together with him forever in heaven. But this, it can only happen through faith. See, having, having Bible-believing faith is the most fantastic thing that can ever happen to anyone. Faith puts God's infinite goodness into our account. And faith gives us an amazing answers to our prayers. Not everything that we ask for, but everything God has promised. And best of all, by faith, we will live forever with God in heaven. Guys, that's, that's awesome. I, you know, it's, it's, it's like we really need to understand and wrap our minds around the glory of God and what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. Because without that, nothing. We get nothing except the wrath of God. You know, we really, really, really need to understand that if we chase after God, we fall in love with God and we do the things that God commands us to do. Guys, we're going to sin. We're going to fall and we're going to hurt people and we're going to do this. But if we repent and move forward, then then God forgives us because he's just. He's the justifier. And in James 5, 16, it says, confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. Not that you will be healed, that you may be healed. God is good, guys. And we need to be chasing after him. Oh, man. I can do this every day. Well, I have been doing this every day, but, you know. All right, guys. So, guys, uh, a couple more announcements before we uh, pray out and go. Guys, if you'd like to support Made Free Church, please go to madefreechurch.org. We are a a legit 501c3 nonprofit church, and all your donation goes to the bills and stuff that we do have here. But we also support uh, our church out in Uganda and an orphanage uh, that uh, we support out in Uganda as well. So all your money that comes in, uh, supports other things other than this ministry. So we can really, really, really use um, your your donations, right? Uh, also, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, and also we want to get our own church building and, and we want to open up a, a, a few discipleship homes this year. So guys, keep praying for that. But there's three ways you can give. You can give through our Cash App, you can give through our PayPal link, or you can give to the address that's provided on the website and please leave your email addresses so we can send you a tax deductible receipt so you can write them off 
in the tax uh, your taxes at the end of the year. Also, guys, if you guys like to check out my personal website, you can go to servantforchrist.com, servantforchrist.com, and uh, or you can go to reformpastor.me. Okay. And if you guys please check out our friends at 120Army, that's 120Army.com, or you can find them on your app store, uh, download their app, they're amazing guys, we love Aaron and Jose, and, and we're very, very in support of them. And guys, we have a new discipleship uh, website, it's called Tactical Discipleship, and you can check us out at tacticaldiscipleship.org. We have signups, we're looking for, for, for men and women to disciple, we're also looking for disciplers. Um, and we train you guys up to, to, to know how to do this and stuff. So um, please understand that we will give you uh, the resources and we will train you to be a discipler. And if uh, we're especially looking for women, right? Women disciplers. Uh, so um, guys, if you guys want to be, if you guys want to disciple, please, please go to our sign-up page at discipleship.org. All right, guys, thank you for watching. You guys have been amazing through this struggle that I've gone through in the last few months. You guys have been gracious, and uh, we just want to thank you for that. Heavenly Father, as we end today, we just want to say thank you for your word. Thank you for this time, and thank you for the beautiful gifts that you've given in our lives. We love you, we worship you, and we praise you. Lord, bless us as we go out today. Bless the men and women who are watching and the men and women who are going to watch later. Bless their lives, Lord. Bless their families, their finances, Lord. Heal them if they have any ailments, Lord. And we just ask for your just blessings for today. We love you. We worship you. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys have a great, great weekend. I will see you Monday. Pray for me. We're going to uh, the Band of Brothers this weekend, me and Pastor Chad. So um, you guys have a great, 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 great week weekend, okay? God bless you. We love you.